0: Hey, Fan Bros. On this week's show, we welcome Diana M. Foe, also known as Aileen the Peacemaker of Beyond Victoriana. We talk a lot about steampunk, steampunk, and what about street harassment and cosplay?
1: Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, Internet, to another episode of Fan Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans, or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, a.k.a. the Butcher of Names, the Kevin Bacon of the Internet, the Willie Green of Hip-Hop, all kind of other good stuff. And you are now listening to the award-winning Fan Bros show, The Voice of the Urban Geek. How's everybody doing out there? I hope everyone is having a great week. Great weekend. Whenever you're listening to this, it's your boy Ben Amin, like I said before. And as always, I am joined by
0: Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Aurora of the Spaceship. And I wasn't ready, but I'm ready now. I am here in full effect. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Tatiana?
0: I'm happy. Well, happy sad. It's kind of cold and dark.
1: It really is. We are approaching the winter months in New York. And normally at this time, it would be still, you know, a little bit of sunshine out. But no, it's dark. It's mm-hmm. cold. They say it's trying to snow tonight.
0: Winter is coming. A oh, Winter has come.
1: Yeah. A little early. Kind of feels winter. like
0: Mordor outside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Mordor, I've been rocking a shadow of Mordor lately. Yes. Yes. Big up to that game. That's all I can say. Really? Yeah, really like, excited about that? That's the first game that I bought for my Xbox One other than uh, Titanfall, which came with it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm addicted. Like, I spent most of yesterday not doing what I should have been doing, and I was playing (laughs) uh, Shadow of Mordor instead.
0: That's the life of a gamer.
1: Man, I am loving it so far. Definitely very dope. Very dope game. Big it up. The creators, I can't remember what uh, company put it out, but it is dope. Check it out. Uh, Hit me on Xbox, too, as always. I always tell people that, and nobody ever does.
0: What's your Xbox game tag?
1: DJ Space Ben-Hameen. Yes. Nice. Yeah, there's just a space in there.
0: <laughs> nice t- branding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I go. I'm just waiting for the day when I'm rocking, you know, something, and yeah. somebody's be like, oh yo, DJ Ben mean, Y'all
0: playing with DJ Ben mean." Are you on PSN at all? No. Damn.
1: Yeah. Damn That's homie.
0: If you guys want to follow me, I'm on PSN. I'm I'm not on Xbox. Not right now. But I'm not really playing any games. So if you want to follow me, my PSN name is Black Russian X. So hit me up, let's play some Destiny.
1: Nice, nice. And speaking of gaming, and speaking of being award winning. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, folks. If you didn't know already, The Fan Bro show won the Black Weblog Award. Best Gaming Comics Blog of 2014, and we're going to keep talking about this till we win next year for 2015. We're gonna basically
0: talk, like, for a whole year, we got it, right? Yeah,
1: basically. For a whole year, we're the award-winning. We're, we're going gonna... to
0: scream it out like how 3-6 Mafia kept screaming out they were <laughs> Academy Award winners, right? Word.
1: I'm t- When we, we go down to Austin and get the award, yeah. I'm taking the award everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm gonna eat breakfast and diners with it. You're I'm gonna a DJ at, at the club with that joint. You show up at
0: McDonald's, go to the counter, set it down
1: <laughs> right away.
0: Um, let me get a number five. And did you know we were awarding? award winning?
1: Yes. Excellent. Yes. yes, that's right, folks. We are the award winners for the Black Weblog Award, and that that just you know brings me to another great point right there. You know, Black web blogging and blogging. <laughs> And the the latest news from the comic book world right now is or comic book movie world, yeah, is that Fantastic Four will feature a Doctor Doom who is a blogger.
0: The sign of the times. <laughs> it is the sign of the. Times. I read that and I said, "Huh." In in a way, it kind of makes sense because when you think about it, Doctor Doom is kind of a sh- well, not blog Bloggers are actually the opposite. Bloggers, are, many bloggers are very outgoing. So, you know, very socially work well in the social settings. Some of them might be little shut-ins. You know, maybe they're they're awesome online, but then in person they're not quite, quite, quite.
1: You know. So friendly. is Dr. Doom like modeled after Harry less Did I get that right? That I, I, I'm sure I butchered his name. Does anyone sh- even know who that is anymore? No. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> no. Damn no. it. Damn it. Damn it. No.
0: No. No. So I, I guess I guess if you think of all the negative characteristics someone might say a blogger is, then he would fit that stereotype very
1: well but that is not doctor doom like uh, it's not,
0: but remember remember you remember you got to understand all these movies are not canon they they they're moving so far away from canon or they're trying to without necessarily disturbing the, the core of the character so blogger i don't know is he going to turn into a scientist all of a sudden i don't know like how are they going to do that
1: yeah um like uh shout out to michael jones who's done some video editing work for us two storm in the house and he was saying that, you know, I don't really come down hard enough on stuff on this show. Like, I'm always like, ah, oh, you know. <laughs> we don't, don't
0: come down on stuff yeah, hard enough? I mean, that that's what I, I was saying. We told. have a drinking game that says otherwise.
1: Yeah, basically. But, you know, he's, Q Storm says we don't. And when I, when I was talking about this earlier on the internet this week, I was like, you know, uh, we'll see. But really, I mean, the thing, my most thing about the Fantastic Four movie is that I've seen nothing. And it comes out next year in August. And there is no previews, no nothing been shown by the studio. Yeah. So it's... I, I mean, my I hopes just, aren't there, but
0: my thing is, how can you have no hopes for something you don't haven't seen? Because
1: like, I, you would expect to have seen something by not now. If they knew they had good stuff.
0: Not necessarily.
1: Come on, not Avengers is showing they, you all kind the, of. Butters. The only
0: reason why I say that's because with all these comic movies, the the, the the pattern has been do all these teasers, show all this stuff. You ever think that maybe they just may, may not want to inundate people so much, or it's already comic book movies are it right now the world of comic movies are already saturated maybe maybe at least for this one they want to hold it back just a little bit it's or, the
1: fantastic four listen
0: hold it back just a little, or when they start doing the breadcrumbs they'll do it at a time when there's not so much other stuff going on so that most of the attention is on them instead of like someone like Kim Kardashian or something like that but my point is maybe they're just trying to wait for a perfect time so
1: you're telling me that when the fantastic four trailer drops it's going to break the internet
0: I don't know.
1: Highly doubtful. I don't know. <laughs> Can't um, see
0: I'm, it. I'm, I'm not going to be that person, but I don't know.
1: Speaking of breaking the internet, though, did you know that the Fan Bro Show is on the front page of iTunes this week? Ooh, we are the best. Yes, we are. Shout out to the Loudspeakers Network. The whole network is featured on the front page of iTunes this week. Shout out to the Reed Combat Jet Show, Brilliant Idiots, In the Mix with Shun. Yes. Geez, there's so many. Uh, neck of the woods. All the great content coming from the Loudspeakers Network is on the front page of iTunes. And that's right, Fan Bros Show. Award winning.
0: Award
1: winning. Is right there too. Yes. As it should be. And also we got all kind of bonus shows. Since it is our award winning front page iTunes week, we have uh, some interviews from Nick Patera of the Manhattan Projects, Josh Williamson of Birthright paul as a set of outcasts and the walking dead's own stefano giordiano which i know i butchered his name that's two <laughs> so far in the intro but that's how we do on fan Bros show but yeah check it out we got all kind of shows up there right now all kind of great stuff on fanbros.com another huge episode right here but we're gonna take a break right now and be right back with more fan Bros show.
0: show up? what's up this is james lopez from the fat startup when i'm not working i'm listening to the fan Bros show and welcome back, fam bros, to an exciting episode of Fam Bro Show this evening to the spaceship. We are welcoming a very special young lady. She is known as Aileen the Peacemaker. She's actually a blogger that runs the multicultural steampunk and retrofuturist blog Beyond Victoriana. That was that was a mouthful, wasn't it? And let me tell you, this this young lady, I, you're gonna really enjoy her. She's really exciting. Um, she talks a lot about um non-western cultures in the steampunk setting and for those who don't know about steampunk you're gonna learn a lot so ladies and gentlemen without further ado let's welcome diana foe
1: yay all right all right
0: thanks for having me guys
1: you're welcome you're welcome how you doing tonight
0: oh i'm doing pretty well
1: good good good
0: good yeah Yeah. So welcome to Fan Bros. We appreciate you being here. I know that you recently spoke at New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. You were on the Geeks of Color panel with our friend DJ Older. That's his Twitter name, but Daniel (laughs) Jose Older. Um, So how was that experience?
2: It was really incredible. Um, You know, the the panel happened uh, on Thursday night very tail end of, you know, the day, 8 p.m. Yeah. We're in this room that's supposed to, like, seat, like, 400. And it's interesting because at 7 p.m., that's when they clear the floor for New York Comic-Con. Yeah, so <laughs> everyone's going I'm home. just, <laughs> I'm just in the front of the Javid Center, and I see, like you know, six different groups of people that I know that I'm personally friends with, and they're like, oh my gosh, Diana, how, it going? Uh, what's up? I'm like, oh, well, I have a panel at eight. Where are you guys going? And they're like, oh, we're going to dinner. <laughs>
0: See you later, <laughs> and I'm we're like, going great.
2: to sleep. You know, such support, <laughs> such love. But um, but yeah, but eight o'clock comes around, and not only do we like fill up the room, but there's a line out the door, mm. and it was just a tremendously strong response. It was yes. super supportive, and this is actually the second year in a row that I. I've been hosting this Geeks of Color panel near Comic-Con, so oh. I had people there from last year who were like, oh, I want to go again, and I'm really
0: glad I could make it this time and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, the fan bros are in full attendance there, and, mm-hmm. you know, we got a few shout-outs ourselves during the event, so we were really happy about that. And just overall, we love events like that. So for the uninitiated, tell us, what is steampunk?
2: Uh, Steampunk, in a nutshell, it's so funny because you ask like five steampunks, you know, their definition of what it is, you get 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. But my nutshell definition is it's an art movement inspired by 19th century science fiction fantasy. So it's stuff like Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, but you also throw in like Sherlock Holmes, Mary Shelley, you know, and probably Cthulhu too, because why not?
1: Wow. The racist Cthulhu himself? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> DJ yeah. Older was on here just you Yeah, know, cutting like L- him Lovecraft, apart.
0: we have no love for Lovecraft,
1: yeah. but we can just take all of his monsters. <laughs> right. you know? so,
2: so
0: what drew you to Steampunk? Because I mean, there's so many fandoms to choose from. Obviously, it could go forever, but something about Steampunk was very specific that drew you in. What was it? Um, for, it it's interesting, because how I got into Steampunk was
2: uh, in undergrad, I was a 19th century English-Russian double major. and mm, Heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, really big, thick books. Yeah. You know, Jane Austen, Dostoevsky, all that stuff. And uh, my fiancé, you know, she was... Part of a role playing group, and they did a campaign, and the theme of this campaign was like steampunk. And she was telling me all about it. It's like, oh, I think it's really fun. Like you like all this, you know, s- you know, 19th century stuff, and it- and it's science fiction. You love science fiction, so why don't you get into it? And I'm like, oh, you know, that, that sounds really fun, but I don't know if I want to dress up and pretend to be British, right? <laughs> you know, that that's not sound. It's fun to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, so so we were we're talking about if i were to create some sort of character you know to participate you know what would i be and like well you know i would i would want to be vietnamese so i would be like you know a tonkinese buddhist assassin who shoots french imperialists in the face and that (laughs) and that was the the premise for alien the peacemaker um, you know, she started off as a, a performance character, because, and I went around for a troupe at conventions, you know, in character, but we also did panels, and then eventually, it was weird, because I was also the only person of color, usually, mm. you know, on these panels or even in the room, and I'd always bring up stuff like, oh, steampunk is fun, but also stuff in the 19th century existed that... Or that's really uncool, like slavery right, right. and child labor, and yeah. you know, and stuff that still affects us today, like racism, and you know, and colonialism and stuff like that. So, so eventually, actually, in two thousand nine, um, there was this big shakeup in like the science fiction fandom community, and it was called Race Fail two thousand nine. Mm. Very memorable name, but it, but the premise was you know all these like you know, authors and fans and agents and publishers just talking about representation and what does it mean and all the different power dynamics that happen in publishing. And, um, you know, so I thought from my little corner, like, oh, I'm in publishing, like, I do this thing. And steampunk is also really problematic because people tend to romanticize, you know, know, certain aspects of history and not acknowledge, you know, the, the cool stuff that also happened but happened with people of color and stuff like that. And so I wanted a space you know, to help, you know, boost up these stories that usually are obscured in our history and also highlight aspects of history that may not be as fun, but also, also important to remember because they still affect us today. Mm-hmm. So that's how Beyond Victorian started.
0: Wow, wow, wow. So um, as you had mentioned, you mentioned that steampunk you know that that century that era that a lot of the influences come from had like colonialism imperialism slavery things like that and obviously when people are enjoying steampunk you know they dress the part so you'll see a lot of you know a lot of frills and a lot of buckles and laces and all sorts of things like that so how do as a person of color like how do you get into that like how do you kind of assimilate yourself to that world Knowing that, I guess in the back of your head, knowing that in a way you weren't really even, I guess, welcomed during that time period.
2: Uh, it's interesting that you were- use the word assimilated mm-hmm. uh, because I really think that what also intrigues me about steampunk is this, you know, harsh dynamic between like, oh, it's all fun pulp adventures. Let's all pretend to be like airship pirates, right? you know, and sail the skies. Um and, and also, like, you know, how much of this is glorifying this, like, culture that was not welcoming to many people around the world. Yeah. And and, and there's different responses to that. I think a lot of, you know, I, I do grant validity to, like, if people like the aesthetic, that's perfectly fine. I honestly, you know, do like, you know, 19th century, you know, aesthetics in terms of, like, art and fashion and mm-hmm. stuff. And that... You know, and that's perfectly legitimate, but I also think that it's all—it's important to examine the roots of where all these art movements come from. For example, Orientalism—you know, it's—it's mm. a—it's a, it's a great—it's uh, a great like art school, but it was also stemmed from the fact that all these European countries are like, hey, guess what? we we—you know, guess what? We own like. You know Africa, and we own the Middle East, and let's go visit, and then paint pitch picture, pictures. Isn't that cool? You know, that's um, crazy. Yeah, and but you have to admit, like there there is like a very interesting interplay. Like, what does it mean if we still value these forms of art, and we can't value them like
0: unconditionally? You know, can't value them in the vacuum either. So, so yeah, you gotta yeah. take the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah exactly. And so uh, you know, I and there's there are people of color in the community. And people, like, react and, like, play with, like, steampunk in different ways. Like, I, I think of, for one example, there's a whole, like, group, and they call themselves Steampunk. And, and the founders, um, Balagan, Otegete, um, and Milton Davis are based in Atlanta. And they do this thing where they talk about how African diaspora can be incorporated into steampunk. And usually it's like, you know, and we, they talk about, you know, Harriet Tubman and, you know, Stagecoach Mary and all these figures in history that are also cool and important and badass, but people don't usually talk about them, you know? Or uh, I also think of like, you know, work that has to do with like indigenous futurism. And mm. I think of like my friend Monique Perrier, you know, she is Wampanoag. Native American, and she does like Native science. So she is a Native American scientist and uses mad science. You know, for the forces of good, and and that's great because usually when you think of like about Native Americans' history, you don't think about how technologically adapt they are. Right, exactly. You know, and and steampunk just highlights that because she has all these like gadgets and she has like, you know, um, you know, a, a skeleton animals that are like steam powered or mechanical powered, and, like, and that's what I think is so great about steampunk is that you can use um, how. Uh, these stories of like science and technology to really empower groups that you know have not felt empowered by science fiction fantasy because they were usually excluded from them
1: okay um a lot of our listeners might know steampunk through the video game bioshock Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's one of those things like i like bioshock a lot but i felt like it didn't it tried to highlight race and whatnot but it just fell short like when you first start the game, it gives you this, you know, big moment of race and everything. I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't played it, but then after that, it just turns into shooting and killing for most of the rest of the game. Yeah. And so it doesn't really highlight it. So, how do you? How did you feel about Bioshock and just you know its explosion and you know has it helped steampunk culture? And how did you feel about the race aspect of it?
2: Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a gamer. I do know Bioshock and it's in the premise of the game. Uh, but what I will say is that like. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but Bioshock is supposed to be a dystopia. It's like a fascist yeah. dystopia. It's a dystopia and yeah. a- dystopia, yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of like you know, so, so, so when you're looking at all all this like propaganda on the walls, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like
0: super racist. The founding it's, fathers, you know,
2: yeah. it's it's like supposed to express like you know a commentary like what kind of world is a steampunk world? You know, it's also a world that like has like you know violent white supremacy going on here yes you know uh and uh, i i just think it's fascinating because um you know because i do see a lot of like occasionally when people like do like gif sets and like advertise for like steampunk events and stuff and they use like imagery from bioshock they're like oh look this is the guy with like the gun and stuff like that and they're like cool i'm like you know, also, the the whole point of Bioshock was kind of, you know, commenting about other various things yeah. that you're kind of not talking about. Um, you know, I I still am waiting for, like, that form of media that actually, like, addresses these facts up front. I do know, like, a, a lot of examples, you know, um, by people of color or, you know, or, like, other, like, you know, creators that, like, address these sorts of aspects but i haven't seen that like one big mainstream thing that yeah people associate with steampunk but also makes its commentary yeah
0: i was just gonna say that that it's not the visibility level i guess from a fandom perspective you would know about it even if you're not involved you would definitely know about it but like from a mainstream perspective a lot of people just don't understand or get it whether you're talking about steampunk steampunk or any of the subgenres of steampunk like I, i just I don't think Bioshock did it for the gamer community, maybe, but for everyone else at large, I still think it's still in a place of slight obscurity for the rest of the world, almost. Yeah, though I have to say, uh, while well, like I think a couple weeks ago, even like there
2: was a skit that uh, that uh, Keen Peel did online Love Peele. that was like yeah. that was making fun of steampunk. Really, <laughs> it was really fantastic because they were just like in an underpass. And one of them comes up, and he comes up on, on his bike, and it's all tripped up with like huge like mechanical wings and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm steampunk now. I live in a clock. It's amazing." <laughs> and and, he, and, he, he, pulls, and he you know and he pulls out like his pocket watch, which is basically a stopwatch soldered onto a bike chain, <laughs> you know. And and they're totally you know riffing off of like you know things you find in the steampunk community, but doing it in a way that uh, is is just like very powerful commentary about like oh these are the things that we're highlighting
0: and yeah you know,
2: and it's really funny too.
0: That's so. awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I love King Pill by the way. like So yeah. so I can imagine that just being just ridiculous.
2: Yeah, so I do think like it's interesting when it pops up in the mainstream. Cause then you get certain yeah. images like, okay, this is what they're getting. definitely getting. You see that mechanical arming castle. Okay, that's what they're yeah. getting. That's what know? it is. It,
0: it pops of it in the mainstream. It's not just that one, like you said, that one stream where it's like, this is what it is. And, you know, I... I I Do you think it's going to explode more so in popularity or maybe it's going to kind of stay where it is, where it's like you, either you know about it or you don't? I think it I think it already has, you know, permeated a bit into pop
2: culture Um, to to what extent that people like f- think about like, oh, how deeply it goes, you yeah. know, because a lot of people are into steampunk with the fashion. And I don't have a problem with that at all, you know, because I think also fashion conveys important political messages or Absolutely. Means of expression. Absolutely. Um, and they also are familiar with it because, you know, you get the, the modded laptops and, the, and like the steampunk houses and people who like retrofit everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the aesthetic will slowly permeate. And as more people are attracted to the look, and want to become more involved, that's when they hit all the other things. Because um, I definitely can say that this the fan community has grown, you know, significantly in the last few years.
0: Mm, mm,
1: mm, mm. I think it's definitely permeated somewhat through, like, uh, things like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. And then now even uh, Penny Dreadful, which is basically mm-hmm. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with <laughs> monsters. <laughs> and, and, a lot, and a lot of steampunk elements in it mm-hmm. as well. All right, let's take another break right here, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros Show. Hey, yo, 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 this is foul March. And when I'm not rooting for my New York Knicks or the New York Giants, and when I'm not in Queens at City Field on the third base line watching the Mets, I'm checking out the Fan Bros Show. And welcome back, fam bros, to fan Bros Show, the voice of the Urban Geek. It's your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, and we are here on the show with Diana Foe. We've been talking about steampunk and its relevance and what goes on in it and all that good stuff. But I want to switch topics a little bit right now, because recently, uh, sexual harassment has become a hot topic with the release of the 10 Minutes in NYC video. Mm-hmm. And there have been many discussions of the video, parodies of it now. And you also hosted a panel on harassment and fandom at this year's NYCC.
2: Yes, I did. It was called um, Yes, All Geeks, Let's Talk About Harassment Fandom. Uh, and it was, the people on the panel were myself, and I also had Mickey Kendall, who's also known as Carnithian. On Twitter, oh yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah. Emily Perrin, Marlene Bonnelly, who's also known as I Like Comics Two, on mm-hmm. Twitter, and she also has a uh, a YouTube. Um, and Robert Anders, he's uh, a friend of mine, but he also is um, a, a registered nurse who specializes in counseling psychiatry. And you know, a- and online we actually had help from K M. Uh, also known as gilded spine on twitter and she was also the creator of the yes all women hashtag mm. so wow yeah it was, it was a, a great great conversation that we all had
1: okay so that's one of my questions what was the reaction to the panel and like since the panel what's the reaction been to it
2: uh it was very positive um i was i wasn't going into the panel i wasn't sure how it was going to be received and i actually um you know, had precautions made because I was in the back of my head like, oh my gosh, what if like chimerigators? Mab- right? Did you think so? Like that like, you
0: know? that's what I was Don't thinking. Don't summon them here, Diana. Don't summon them here. <laughs> all right, all right. them. <laughs> Throw some salts. You know.
2: Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, so so I actually and New York Comic Con was was very attentive, very accommodating. Yes. We actually got extra security, really? and you know, and backup just in case something happened. And and for the instructor of the panel it's tra- slightly changed than what I usually do. We had a we had a close moderate Q&A and so what Kay did which was fantastic was that since she was online and not in the physical space um, we had that yes all geeks hashtag and she moderated the hashtag and allowed people to ask questions through Twitter nice. and that actually Excellent. was super productive because you know we got to like we got like over half an hour of Q&A and a lot of people asked a lot of questions ranging from like how can i help as a bystander to like oh can you comment on these like YouTube celebrities who think like you know harassment videos or entertainment you know and stuff like that. It was a really wide range. It's also available online, actually, for viewing.
1: Okay, and also like when you were walking around at the con this year, there was like I saw you know massive massive amount of signs about you know consent is not uh, or cosplay cosplay is not not consent consent. and whatnot. And then okay, immediately after the con, like I think this is Sunday afternoon. A friend of the show, uh, Young Guru, calls me up. And he's like, he went to the con on Sunday with his son. And he was like, yo, Ben, was I at a porn convention or a con convention? (laughs) And that is one of the things that I have to ask you about and I want to talk about right now. It's like, there's a lot of scantily clad people at these cons now. Not just women. No, no, I I, said people. I saw a lot of like. Oh, no, there were men, (laughs) men flesh and women flesh abounding at, at the Comic Con. But, and so it becomes one of those things where it's like, how do you like I saw a woman, I saw men, same difference, you know, asses out, breasts out, you know, barely covered and whatnot. And so it's like, how do you even stop to appreciate something like that without seeming like, you know, I I would be like, well, that's a nice costume. But you seem you know, like a creeper. Yeah. But you seem like a creeper. And then it's like you don't want to, you know, and there's all this about, you know, it's not consent. So it's like, what is what what are what are the solutions? I mean, I know there is no easy solution to any of these issues. But what are some of the ways that it can? I don't know how to pr- frame this, like that the people can appreciate cosplay without going over the top in any one direction or the other?
0: Well,. Go ahead.
2: oh yeah. well, I think it's it's pretty straightforward. it's like setting and respecting boundaries yeah. and you know and I think a big problem in the cosplay community is that you have people who don't respect the autonomy of another cosplayer. you know it's like just because someone is wearing an outfit doesn't give other people the right to touch them you know it doesn't yeah. give them the right to like make lewd comments or to try to proposition them. Or to, you know, make the assumption that like, oh, because you're dressed as Wonder Woman, now you can fulfill all my secret Wonder Woman fantasies, you know, stuff like that. And, um, and, and it is interesting because... Uh, because a, a, an argument that's often made in conversations about harassment is that, that, oh, well, they were wearing it, so they totally were asking for it, which is total bullshit. Yes. You know? It's, um, and and I think that's why the whole cosplay is not consent campaign started. It's, it's to prove a point to, like, you know, it, to... Just because you're wearing a costume, it's your choice to wear it, but you're not asking for anything else, you know. And I still think you can appreciate cosplay without, you know, without being creepy or invasive, you know.
1: But the other side of it is like my friend said. Like he brought his son to the show. His mm-hmm. son's like ten years old. It was Sunday. It was family day, you know. And he felt like he had to shield his son's eyes a lot because you know it was so much near nudity there
0: but see that's also a personal choice because that's a parenting and a personal choice because certain parents they have no problem with that certain parents are on the extreme where they're basically nudist. other parents are just like you know they're more moderate they're like well you know it is what it is one thing you also have to understand is at a comic con convention or a comic book convention or even an anime convention these characters that people are dressing up as whether men or women they are drawn that way they're wear certain outfits not everybody but especially like the 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 classic archetype of women as you know she mentioned wonder woman she's dressed a particular way that enhances her womanly goods if you will so when people want to cosplay as that they're going especially the ones that are really take cosplay seriously they're going to try to get as close to it as possible if that means if the character's butt cheeks are hanging out they're going to let their butt cheeks hang out it's not necessarily to say you know oh i'm just running around, running around being naked they want to be true to the character so i think when it when it comes to something like that you that's a fine line you have to ride like if someone wants to cosplay as katana from mortal kombat well how, how is katana drawn like you know what i mean like you i, I think you have to also be i, I guess be be Fair about it like the characters that they are dressing up as are drawn not to human scale if you will like i don't think we all walk around with you know giant raiden hats and you know like 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 you know what i mean like like with these outrageous costumes but these characters do and these people are emulating these characters so they're gonna have outrageous looks and you know i totally understand you know someone saying well you know this is a little much but you also have to know what you're getting into
1: Definitely. And also, like, I didn't feel like like you were saying, like, I feel like I definitely understand, especially from a female point of view, that it's a lot worse as far as the reactions. Like I saw a guy dressed as he man and he was he man, you know, shorts, you know, no shirt. He was, you know, and I'm sure he didn't deal with lewd comments all day and whatnot. So it's, you know, there's you definitely might
0: have some, some people in the back say some stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm sure there were, you know, a few, but if yeah, I'm sure it wasn't it to wasn't the volume this, that, yeah. you know, or where he even was. I'm not sure. Maybe he was sensitive and he was like, oh, don't harass me. But I don't know. I doubt it. You know, so I would, once again, I just wanted to know do you, what like what can we do or how can people appreciate and just not, you know, like you say, don't, you know, cross any lines or whatnot.
2: I mean, you know. If you're if you're talking about specific examples of what people can do, like for example, always ask permission before you take a picture. A lot of like concern, you know, was there were creepers literally like hiding under the stairs, trying to get shots of like Like under under shots, shots. wow, or like or shots that like you know obviously like wouldn't cause players not paying attention, and and there are also like. There are aesthetic reasons, of course, to ask permissions, and so a cosplayer can pose and look, you know, and show up their costume in the best way possible. That is perfectly legitimate to ask why you should take a picture beforehand. Um, you know, it, it, and also it shows, like, yes, I do appreciate your outfit, and I would like to, you know, take a picture of it. Um, it's it's very interesting because I in in steampunk, I've a lot of like conventions are, you know, becoming more aware, you know, of harassment issues. And so a lot of conventions are actually putting up harassment Mm -hmm. policies. But some of the flack they get, which is surprising to me, uh, is people getting upset, like, oh, are you saying that we can't take pictures? Like, no, you can take pictures. It's perfectly fine. It's just that I, you know, I think the person would appreciate knowing when their picture is taken. That is the only thing. And a good harassment policy will state this constitutes us harassment. This is what will happen to people who violate a policy, you know, you know, and this is what you can do if you, s- you see people, yeah. you know, violating the policy.
0: And, uh, NYCC you know? was very clear with it this year. They right. were like immediate ejection. Like no jokes, like no, no refunds, no anything, if you kind of mess with anybody so mm-hmm. I, I I'm with you i I appreciate one that you know they make it like because this is a serious um matter really and and when they take it seriously and they show people from the from jump like listen, this is what it is, mm-hmm. and if you can't abide by these rules, then you don't need to be here
1: mm-hmm. yeah. all right, well, thank you, you know, for helping us with that because that's something I've been thinking about since the show, and you know, I'm glad that we had you here to talk about it. But also we want to talk about your book, The Steampunk User's Manual, an illustrated practical and whimsical guide to creating retro futures dreams.
0: Another <laughs> mouthful. Ooh, <laughs> boy. We love subtitles. I see, I
1: see. I said yeah, it's
0: very black dynamite with the second the title, the second title, title. subtitle.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I I should mention uh it's not my book yep. you know or, or Jeff Vandermeer will probably like come here like what are you talking about <laughs> it's it's by uh Jeff Vandermeer and Desirina boscovich uh you know and I was one of the contributors there's ov- there's dozens I I want to say like about like 70 or so different like contributors that either like wrote like portions of it or were interviewed for it um it just came out, you know, last month, and actually, this Sunday, November twenty third at two p.m., there's going to be a special event for the Steampunk Users Manual at Barnes and Noble in Tribeca on ninety seven Warren Street. And mm-hmm. I'll be participating at the event. Both Jeff and Desarina will be there, and other uh, makers that are featured in the book will be in here as well. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I'm pretty excited. Um, I mean, I took a look at the book before we started recording, and I, you know, I thought it was fabulous. It's it's chock full of really good photos and concept art, and you know, lots of explanations and you know, just just giving people like a. I think that would be a perfect kind of primer too. Oh for yeah. People who want to know anything about steampunk or even the subgenre of it, I, I think that would be just awesome. Like I saw something in there; it was like a a steampunk unicorn with like a Gatling mm-hmm. gun in the front. It was nuts. But I think it would be so interesting for someone who's never seen it before to say, oh, my God, this is what this is about. This is kind of cool. Yeah. And what I really like about um,
2: when uh, Jeff uh, works on projects that have a huge visual component, he's, you know, it's always like, all right, coffee table book, smack full of pictures, all four color. And it's gorgeously designed. It really, mm-hmm. really is. And, and the book itself is like a work of art. And, that, and that's what I really appreciate about steampunk is that they really up the ante in terms of like, yes, we must make it like big and bold and theatrical and eye-catching, like everything. Um, and the Steampunk Uses Manual really highlights, you know, the maker aspect and the DIY aspect and creation and all its forms. Um, you know not only for like making and building but also for fashion and also for visual art and actually my contribution talks about steampunk and performance Mm. Uh, you know you know since I'm so invested in how steampunks perform their identity but also you know all these vintage theater arts like burlesque um, and you know in vaudeville and uh, you know and all sorts of like for forms of performance that were that have not been as popular, you know, are being like resurrected
0: in the steampunk yeah. community, in a very in a very like fascinating way. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be great. And then again, mm-hmm. you said so you guys are gonna be at the Barnes and Nobles in and Tribeca uh, this Sunday. Yep, this Sunday. Awesome. Awesome
1: awesome all right well you survived the interview portion of the show and it's now time for the brat (laughs) segment our rapid fire questions all right what is that everybody uh, lightning round there we go diana foe is in the hot seat are you ready all right all righty then number one falcon or war machine
2: oh man falcon the wire or breaking bad uh
0: I have not seen either show. Join Tatiana. Listen, I've Sorry. seen Breaking Bad. That's a first, though. That's a first, though. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll put something else in that, please. Okay. <laughs> um, Magneto or Professor X? Magneto. <laughs> you said that fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's
2: like, uh, maybe it's because I it was influenced by, like, the the rebooted, like, day just, Days of Future Past and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, man, Professor X. You're just turning into, like... Such a whiny boy, hiding <laughs> in <near, laughs> your <laughs> mansion with your millions. And your
1: heroine. And, and you're sad because
2: <laughs> your, your best friends aren't your friends anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh, guess whose fault was that, Professor X? Seriously. <laughs> <head to> the- <laughs> <big>. <laughs> All right.
1: Black Panther or Power Man?
0: Black Panther. All right. Your favorite comic book or graphic novel? Oh, man. Or, uh, or book, if you rather it be a novel. Okay, because I was gonna say,
2: like, you know, a favorite comic book. If you if you count manga, yes, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. I was just all the say, way. That is
0: a perfect. <laughs> that's a good example of, of, of you know steampunk um aesthetic too. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I love that.
2: Show. Like you know, I, I live and die by that. And and if you and if you technically count the graphic novels, because there is a graphic novel series, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm. They have a, they have a series that came out after. That's set between like Avatar and Legend of Korra, and it's by uh, Gene Yang, and it's brilliant. Wow! And so everyone should like check it out. They have not yet.
1: I'm about to get my mom that she's a big fan of Avatar. Yeah. All right, uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star
2: Trek.
0: Yay! Yay! Join the team. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Finally.
0: Because- what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, if you can mod anything steampunk style, what would it be? Um, I don't know
2: that that hasn't already been done, or it doesn't matter. If I could mod anything, um, well, I I personally want to like mod my apartment. Oh wow, like I've, a whole
0: steampunk apartment. That'd you be know, cool. I,
2: I've been to like several steampunk apartments in New York City, and there's they're fabulous, and they're like, and always it's like, oh, we're trying to sell this apartment, so i made it steampunk. I'm like, that's awesome, and then. You know, they try to sell it for like an outrageous New York City <laughs> price point. Like, oh yeah, this is like one point seven million dollars, and then suddenly the price gets cut in half and it gets <laughs> sold, and the person changes the decor, so it's not steampunk at all now. I'm like, right, That's sad.
0: That's kind of very niche. I don't know if everyone would just buy into that really quick.
2: Yeah, but I, you know, I totally would, and if I had the money, yeah, do that. Awesome.
0: Nice.
1: All right, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be?
2: Uh, the power to. Display- Speak and understand any language on Earth.
1: You're going with Cipher from the New Mutants.
0: It's an awesome <laughs> <other> power, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> seriously. Because it, that's a good you power, know? though. No one has said that yet. Yeah. No,
1: no one has. No one ever rolls with Cipher from the. He was, one, <laughs> he was one of my favorite characters, and then they shot him. So it's like that power didn't work. Oh, that yeah. power didn't work out that well. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: that's like that's he couldn't communicate. A way. He couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> communicate
1: with bullets. <laughs> that, was, that was his problem. All right, well, Diana, you have survived the BRAP segment. You survived the Fan Show interview. Please let the people out there know where they can find you at on these internets.
2: Great. Well, you can find me online. BeyondVictoriana.com is the name of the multicultural steampunk blog. I also blog for Tor.com under the name Alien the Peacemaker. And uh, my Twitter handle is Writer Syndrome. And you can also find me on Tumblr under the same name. I'm going to add you right now.
1: Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for joining us here on Fan Bros Show.
2: Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. Thanks for having me. You're
1: welcome. <laughs>